We're back with Backstory, the show that looks at history to explain the America of today. I'm Brian Bello. And I'm Ed Ayers. We're marking the grand finale of the World Cup this weekend with a show about the history of Americans competing on the world stage. Our next story has to do with the sport that I recently learned was America's most popular spectator sport of the 1870s and 1880s. Brian, any guesses as to what that sport might be? Oh, come on, Ed. This is, this is first of all, out of my century. Um, I'm going with horse racing. Okay. And what's your logic on that? Uh, there were a lot of horses back then. We hadn't invented the car. I don't okay, know. Okay, okay. That's a very presentistic perspective. So let me give you some hints. Uh, this was a sport that involved competitions lasting several days on end. It was so taxing, in fact, that many of the athletes who participated in it died young. Wow. Would you like to refine your answer? So taxing. Well, that rules out golf. <laughs> you know, I'm going to forget curling, too. You better tell me what it is. Competitive walking. <laughs> oh, come you on. laugh. No, and it was perhaps you would laugh less if you knew it was called pedestrianism. <laughs> and the most popular version of the sport, competitors would walk on an indoor track for six days straight. Oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So pedestrianism is a subject of a recent book by Matthew Algio, and he told me about huge numbers of people packing into arenas to watch the walking matches. Most of the big races took place at Madison Square Garden, the first Madison Square Garden in New York. And because the race was continuous, uh, people were coming and going all day, day and night. And so total attendance for the week might be, you know, 100,000 or more. These races were so popular that kids would imitate the walks of their favorite pedestrians. One of the most famous walkers was Edward Payson Weston. He was known for walking with exaggerated swinging hips, wearing flashy outfits, and carrying a gold-tipped cane. Now, he made a name for himself by walking up and down and around the East Coast. But in 1875, he lost a big race out in Chicago. And that's when Weston decided to take his act overseas. He sailed to London to challenge William Perkins, the champion pedestrian of Britain, to a 24-hour race. Now, the British really considered themselves the, the originators of the sport of pedestrianism. There had been a Scottish guy named Captain Barclay who'd famously walked a 1,000 miles, uh, one mile every hour for a 1,000 consecutive hours, something like 41 days. Wow. Uh, th this was in 1809. <laughs> you know, it's many years later, but the Brits still considered themselves uh, the inventors of the game, so to speak. And, and they were very suspicious of Weston. Uh, for one thing, they, they didn't believe some of the records that he had claimed to set, walking 100 miles in 24 hours, for instance. Uh, they just thought maybe these were outright fabrications or, you know, there could be a problem measuring distance or time, that sort of thing. And also, uh, Weston got on their nerves because he kind of embodied everything that the Brits kind of hated about Americans. He was flashy. He was cocky. Uh, he would, uh, you know, play the cornet while he walked. And uh, <laughs> he was kind of like the Muhammad Ali of his era, very kind of divisive <laughs> figure. He would uh, really play it up to the crowd, ham it up. And uh, again, this was really kind of not considered uh, sportsmanlike by the Brits. And so it sort of uh, further added fuel to the fire of uh, anti-Western sentiment. And the, the British were also suspicious of sort of American stamina and athleticism in general, right? 
Yeah, there was an article in The, the Lancet, uh, which is a medical journal, a scientific journal, still published today, uh, just before uh, the uh, first Western race in London. And I'm, I'm just going to read here. Uh, the journal said uh, American athletes were far beyond other nations in their hygienic unwholesomeness, living habitually in their close stove-heated rooms, bolting their food at railway speed. Year by year, Americans grow thinner, lighter, and shorter lived. <laughs> wow. So uh, I don't think the thinner part really applies anymore today, but we do probably <laughs> still eat uh, too quickly. But definitely, I mean, and The Lancet, I mean, that's a fairly respected uh, medical journal, even in 1876. And uh, they were pretty unequivocal that uh, Americans um, were inferior in many ways, especially at athletics. So Weston's bringing quite a heavy burden, not only of uh, his fancy uh, clothing and gold tip cane, but also of suspicion that the United yeah. States never really would produce great athletes. So he shows up there, 1876, challenges the English champion pedestrian, and then what happens? Well, uh, this is a match. It was a 24-hour race, and uh, the long and the short of it is uh, Weston won. He defeated Perkins. Perkins quit after just 65 miles. Uh, Weston went on to walk 109 miles. Uh, it was said uh, uh, Perkins' feet were so blistered and he was so footsore that it was uh, literally impossible for him to keep walking. And so this really stunned the British. Um, they were kind of flabbergasted, really. Uh, not only that Weston had won, but that he had won so decisively. And did this change their mind? After this, did they kind of slap aside their heads and say, oh, we were so mistaken. Americans, in fact, are wonderful natural athletes, which I think Americans today would believe that there's something about our landscape, the vast open spaces, the, the kind of the shoulder room right. that would actually make us more athletic. Was pedestrianism a turning point in that, you think? It was a little bit, actually, because uh, after Weston uh, had his very successful series of exhibitions in London, one of the newspapers uh, came out and uh, basically apologized and said, uh, it's true that uh, Mr. Weston is no chicken. And uh, it, it was interesting to see this um, gradual changing of attitudes. I think uh, Weston had a lot to do with that. Uh, he proved Americans could compete on the international stage. Did people in the States show as much interest in the Weston Perkins race as the Brits did? Yes, they did. Um, the first uh, transatlantic cable had been laid, uh, I think it was about 10 years before. And uh, newspapers would, uh, would print extra editions or have big chalkboards out front that they would do, you know, lap-by-lap -lap updates of, of where the competitors stood in uh, international athletic contests that you could follow in real time uh, on both sides of the Atlantic. Well, you know, I supposedly am a historian of 19th century America, and I, I must admit, Matthew, this is the first that I've ever heard of this. Uh, why is that? How has this fallen out of our uh, consciousness if it was so popular? A couple things. Um, one, it was hurt by gambling scandals. Hmm. There was also a doping scandal. Weston, when he was in London, uh, was found to be chewing uh, coca leaves, during a race. And uh, he just 
insisted this was on doctor's orders. It was not meant to give him any advantage, of course. Um, but there were uh, reports that other, other racers uh, were using strychnine to stay awake. Um, and so it became kind of a uh, almost a public health issue. There was a backlash. Uh, ministers began uh, sermonizing against pedestrianism. They thought it was uh, excessive and abusive to the competitors. Uh, but the real answer to your question is that uh, in the mid-1880s, around 1885, a uh, British guy, uh, John Starley was his name, he invented the first safety bicycle, uh, just the bicycle we still use today. And these were fun to race for six days. And almost overnight, six-day bicycle racing uh, replaced pedestrianism as the most popular endurance sport. You know, I say uh, pedestrianism was NASCAR at four miles an hour, <laughs> uh, well, with the six-day bicycle race was NASCAR. Now it was up to 15, 20 miles an hour and you could have crashes. It was much more fun to watch, especially the fifth or sixth day when everybody was so out of their mind with sleep deprivation. <laughs> Matthew Algio is the author of Pedestrianism, When Watching People Walk was America's favorite spectator sport. Matthew spoke to us from his home in Mongolia. 